Christmas, of course, makes me think about the birth of a baby. And at Christmas time, I also tend to think about the birth of my own children. I was privileged to be present at the birth of all of my biological children. I remember when my first child was born, I was a little bit anxious about being there. The doctor had said, make sure you bring a camera with you. And I thought, a camera? Yes, you want to get pictures. Okay. It was a long delivery, a long labor, excuse me, long labor. And um, I kept standing there with my camera. And I would, I would call to the doctor and I would say, is it time yet? Is it time? No, no, not yet. And I kept waiting and waiting. Finally, I said, now, now, take the pictures. It was a very strange experience. Perhaps the birth I remember most is one that some of you have heard about before, and that was the birth of my son, Joshua, who was born in Dallas when I was in seminary. He was born at home. We did not make it to the hospital. My wife woke me that morning. It was a cold morning, two days before Christmas. I came running downstairs, and she was not only in labor, she was about to deliver. The baby was there in no time. And there we were, me, my wife, and my son, just the three of us. It had happened so quickly. I picked up the big bulky cell phones that we used to have back then. I called 911. I called for help. It wasn't long before I heard the sound of the ambulance coming. And I said to my wife, I said, here, take the phone and talk to these people at 911. I'll go let the, the ambulance in. And so I gave my phone to my wife and, and Cindy's going, hello? I've listened to that tape a number of times over the years. She was just exhausted physically, as you can imagine. And we were both exhausted emotionally. When you have a baby, it tires you out made me think of a painting called The Nativity by Gary Melker. It's a different depiction of the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, most of the paintings that we see about the birth of Jesus involve Mary and Joseph looking down at the baby, adoring him. This is a different painting. It's before the shepherds arrived, before the wise men ever got there. It looks like the baby's probably just been born moments ago. Mary is laying on the floor. She's actually asleep. She is so tired after giving birth to this child. Remember, she'd been riding on a donkey all day long. They get to Bethlehem. There's no place to stay. They find a stable, maybe even what was like a cave, someplace, an alley where they could have this baby. She's tired and she's asleep. And there's the baby Jesus. And Joseph, he's still awake. He's watching over his wife, and he's watching over the baby Jesus. This past year, our world was just turned upside down, wasn't it? And Advent was no exception. There were so many events that were canceled, and others were adapted to become virtual. For me, in the season of Advent, there is a certain order of events and rituals and gatherings of people and family that take place that reminds me that it is Christmas. And when that is disrupted, I become a bit disoriented at times. I, I love all the pomp and the fanfare of Christmas. There is nothing like Christmas Eve when all of these people are packed into the sanctuary and their candles are all lit 
It's a wonderful thing. I love all of that. I even love the chaos of all the family gatherings that happen. But you know, this year, when all those things didn't happen the way they normally did, what I had to do was to become quiet, to become quiet and to stop and to cherish the moments like the one depicted in this painting and just take time to gaze at the baby Jesus the way that Joseph is doing in this painting. You know, the birth of a baby changes everything for our parents and the birth of a baby Jesus Christ changes everything for you and for me regardless of a pandemic that disrupts our lives. So I thought this morning, perhaps as Christmas fades into the rearview mirror and the new year approaches, what we need to do is just to take more time to be quiet and to focus on the Christ child. To gaze on this child like in this painting and to realize that everything is different and everything has changed because of the birth of a child. And when we do that, I believe that the road forward becomes much clearer. The scripture that Keith read today is from Philippians. And we find the Apostle Paul taking time to focus on the Christ If you go back and you read the beginning of the third chapter in Philippians, Paul is still angry. Uh, He's very angry about the fact that many of his fellow Hebrews still believe that if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to be circumcised. Yes, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be saved, you have to follow Christ and you have to be circumcised. Paul writes, if that were truly the case, then he says, I would be at the top of the list. He says, because I grew up as a good Jew. I mean, my family was pure-bred Jewish, pure blood. We did everything by the book. We did all the rituals. On the eighth day after my birth, I was circumcised. But Paul says in Philippians, he says, none of that matters now. None of that matters. He says, because I have decided to place my whole trust in Jesus Christ. Paul says everything else is worthless. We have to focus on Christ, to trust in him and what he has done for us. Now, Paul says, I understand what it means to suffer and to die with Christ. He says, because I have done lots of suffering as I have tried to present the gospel and start all of these new churches. But then in the scripture that you heard this morning, Paul adopts a different tone when he says, but I am far from perfect. Yes, I have done lots of suffering. I have done much preaching. I have done so much to push forward the cause of Christ. He says, but I am far from perfect. And he says, I am still working to become the person that God wants me to be. But he says, my goal is one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. As we say goodbye to 2020 and all that it has been with heartaches, with illness, with jobs lost, being separated from families because either of COVID or even sometimes because of political divisions, maybe the best thing that we can do 
is to forget the past and to move ahead, looking to a brighter future. Perhaps the best thing that we can do is to focus on Jesus Christ as we seek to find our way. You know, it's, it's not about the mistakes that we have made. It's not about trying to earn favor with God by being good. It's about acknowledging that a child has been born. It's about accepting the gift of what God has done for us through Christ. For when we do that, then we can be free to love our neighbors as God intended. No exceptions. So what might it mean to move into this new year And like Paul, putting all of our trust in Christ. Just two thoughts that I want to share with you this morning. First, we need to focus more on what we have in common than on what divides us. What is it that unites us? You know, in a country as large as ours, there is never going to be 100% buy-in on anything. But I remember growing up as a child in the early 1960s when John Kennedy called our country to come together, to have a common goal, to get to the moon before 1970. Within this decade, he says, we need to land a man on the moon. And we did. We came together. We were excited about this goal of a space race and believing that we could somehow get to the moon, a dream that seemed so far-fetched in the beginning. But we all came together. And just over 50 years ago, on that day when we did step foot on the moon, well, that was quite a day. There was a euphoria, not just in this country, I think all around the world. There was a pride that we had reached a goal as a people, as a species, that we had gotten to the moon, a dream that seemed unreachable just 10 years before. In 2021, it will have been 20 years since the Twin Towers fell in New York City on that day that we were attacked. It's another example of how, for a time in this country, we were so united in a way that we rarely see today. There was a universal sadness for all of those who had died in the Twin Towers, at the Pentagon, on the Flight 93, There was a righteous anger that we needed to find the people who had committed this atrocity and that they should be punished. And there was also a pride, a special pride in our country that I believe that all Americans felt as our president called us together. You know, you may remember in the days after 9-11, there was so much talk about which way to go, what should we do? Should we cancel events? Should we cancel sports? Baseball was wrapping up its season. Should we cancel the season? Finally, it was decided, no, no, we should go ahead. Came time for the World Series, and wouldn't you know it, the New York Yankees were the American League champions who would play in the World Series. Of all the places, New York City, where the Twin Towers had been, that was where the World Series was going to be. If you were old enough to remember, like myself, I remember that night. It was the third game of the series. It had moved to New York City. 
And out came President Bush with a baseball in his hand. You had the Yankees on one side, the Arizona Diamondbacks on the other. And the crowd began to roar and they all clapped together. There were firefighters there, first responders all there. And people were cheering for all of them. And for this president, who just a year ago, you may remember, had won in a disputed election. But now we were all together for that one night as George Bush came out and he took that baseball and he went to the mound and he threw that ceremonial first pitch for a strike and the cheer went up. It was a special night. That was a night of unity when we all focused on what we had in common as Americans. Last Monday night, I witnessed something, no, not nearly as significant. I got on social media and everyone, everyone it seemed like was talking about the same thing on social media that night. No, they weren't talking about COVID and should we wear masks or not wear masks. Nobody was talking about the election and who won or who didn't win. No, they were all talking about being outside that night and looking to the heavens and looking at something that they hadn't been able to see for 800 years. For you know, it was that night that we had the peak time to observe the alignment or the configuration of, of Jupiter and Saturn. You know, these two planets had not been this close together for hundreds of years. And when you would go out and you would look at the sky into the south and you could see these two planets getting closer and closer together. And on that Monday night, they were as close as they had ever been for hundreds of years. And it looked like one big bright star almost. Many people said that they believe that this may have been what had happened 2,000 years ago when the wise men were led by a star, the Christmas star. And that is how they were led to the manger because there was this bright star in the heavens. Maybe that night, that was when Saturn and Jupiter also were aligned. Now I have to tell you, as I looked at these two planets in the sky that looked like stars, they're not stars, they're planets, but it was a bright light but it wasn't as bright as I had expected it to be. I have to admit I was a bit underwhelmed and I had thought if I had been a wise man 2,000 years ago, I'm not sure I ever would have seen this star. I might have missed it altogether. But no matter, no matter, on that particular night, what everybody was talking about, the Christmas star, I think they were being reminded of the hope that the shepherds felt that night as they went to see Mary and Joseph and the baby, that the wise men felt as they followed that star. That was what it was really about. It was about that hope. And you know, hope right now is something that we all want and need. I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat or whether you're black or white or red or yellow, whether you're Christian or Jew or Muslim, we all need hope as we head into 2021. As Christians, we believe that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And as Methodists, we like to think about the sentiment that was conveyed by John Wesley when he said, do you love Christ? Do you love your neighbor? Then give me your hand. In 2021, I would suggest that we need to work harder at what we have in common and not what divides us. We all love Christ. We are all called to love our neighbors, no exceptions. Secondly, 
be prepared in 2021 to be surprised by Christ. To see Christ in places where we don't expect to see him. You know, one of the stories that I really love in Luke is the story of the road to Emmaus. Jesus has been crucified, but he's been resurrected on Easter morning. And there is this great story in Luke where Jesus comes upon two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. And the scriptures say that they were not able to recognize him in that moment. And these two begin to tell Jesus, they say, do you know, not know what has just happened in Jerusalem? Our Messiah, our Savior, was crucified. He is dead now. We have lost all hope. And then Jesus begins to recount to these two the stories of the prophets. And he tells them how the Messiah had to suffer and how he would be crucified. But on the third day, how he would be raised. And at the end of all of this, at the end of the day, these two say to Jesus, they say, it's been such a long day. Why don't you stop and rest with us and have a bite to eat? And Luke says that it is in the breaking of the bread that all of a sudden they recognized Jesus and they were so surprised. They did not expect to see Jesus. And then it says he just disappeared. Once they recognized him, he was gone. And these two men, they look at each other and they say, did our hearts not burn as he told us these stories of hope, of how he had been raised? There's another painting by Gary Melcher, this American artist who had painted the nativity. And this one is called The Supper at Emmaus. And it depicts that story of the breaking of the bread. And there's Jesus. And there's the two men across from him. Look closely at their faces. I love this. I mean, the looks on their faces, they are beyond surprised. They are astonished to see that it is Jesus. Why are we always so surprised when Christ shows up and blesses us in some way or inspires us to create amazing ministries? Paul says, Put your whole trust in Christ and nothing else. Believe that he will come, and when he does, that will change everything. Who could have understood how important it would be in 2019 when we took over the mobile meals ministry for all of Oklahoma County, how important that would be in this past year when so many more people would need assistance, would need help with food, because of the pandemic. Why were we so surprised when folks stood up to lead, to volunteer, to help deliver food? Why were we so surprised when large businesses in our city united with St. Luke's and local restaurants to come together to do something amazing, to make a huge difference in our community? Why were we so surprised? Oh, ye of little faith. We will be surprised by Christ again in 2021. I don't know where or how or when, but it will happen because that is what Christ does. He has never abandoned us, and he never will. He will continue to show up and to surprise us and helping us to do amazing things in 2021. 
There's a wonderful song that one of our choral groups, Cantate, was working on when the, the pandemic came along and shut down so many things. I'm sure that sometime in 21, 2021, you will hear this song performed. It's a beautiful piece of music. It's called The Road Home. I believe that the words to this song are very appropriate to share this morning as we enter a new year and as we prepare to take this road. You know, the road to 2021 is not clear yet, perhaps, for some of us. I mean, there were so many obstructions and twists and turns on the road in 2020. But one thing is clear. To get home, we must follow Christ. Hear these words. Tell me, where is the road that I can call my own, that I left, that I lost so long ago? All these years I have wondered, oh, when will I know there's a way, there's a road that will lead me home? From far away, there's a voice I can hear that will lead me home. He says, rise up, follow me, and I will lead you home. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let each of us lift up our own silent prayer now. As you hear God speaking to you today, let's pray. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you in 2021.